Hey guys, welcome to the Challenge Podcast. My name is Reese. Thank you guys so much for listening wherever you are, whether that's uh, on the bus, riding a bike, you're washing dishes. Uh, we realize that your time is precious. So thank you so much for tuning in to this conversation. Um, our season two theme for the Challenge Podcast is the idea of stories. So we started this new initiative where we're doing uh, a beer with uh, one of the members of our team. And uh, just so you can get, us those, get to know our stories a little bit more, just so you can kind of, um, yeah, we, we want this to be really candid conversations about ourselves, our lives, um, what it's like to live as Christians in this world, uh, especially as Christian men. Um, today in the room, uh, we have some, some new faces, some new voices. So uh, we have Christoph, so you want to give a little introduction? Hey guys, uh, my name is Christoph. I'm graduating from Trinity this year. And I'm wearing a Drake praying hands hat, which you can't see because this is a podcast. You're kidding me. <laughs> That's awesome. Dead serious. Uh, Dead it's, also, serious. it's also really important to remember that uh, Christoph was voted most likely to succeed in high school. So That's false. That's completely <laughs> false. Nice. Anyways, um, we also have Amanda in the room today. First female voice in the podcast. Hey guys. <laughs> I feel a lot of pressure being the first female voice, but um, I'm Manny's wife and I'm happy to be here. Thanks for letting me join you guys. Yeah, of course. It's a little Big bit woman energy right there. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so anyways, today, the reason why you're hearing my voice as the intro instead of Reese Fowler's is because Reese Fowler is the man in the hot seat right now. We're going to be asking him some questions. So starting off... Um, Talk to us about this beer that you're drinking. Um, so what you don't see right now is four glasses on this table, all dark beer. We decided that would be the theme for today. Um, we've got Four Winds Oat Porter and then Old Yale Brewing, which is in Chilliwack. They did a like a Himalayan sea salt caramel porter. It's a mouthful. Um, I'm drinking the Oat Porter. I This is a go-to beer of mine if I'm looking for something that's like pretty palatable, but also like just a solid dark beer. Four Winds uh, can do no wrong, in my opinion. And so I know very little about the brewing process of this beer, but I do know that uh, there's some fantastic notes of coffee, dark chocolate, a little bit of like kind of toffee in there as well, roasty notes, a little bit of toast. I don't know, can you taste toast in a beer? I think I am. You can. But, You're having a stroke. So, <laughs> I'm smelling toast. That's um <laughs> Anyways, yeah, we uh, we're we're having some great we're having some great drinks around the table right now, so uh, we're loving it. Reese, if you could only drink under brewed beer or over brewed beer, what would it be? Under brewed, I I feel like for me, or actually no, I would do over brewed. For me, I love I love uh, when a beer is a little bit sour, not too sour, a little bit sour. Uh, fun fact: There's a brewery right by. Um, my hometown uh, in Shamanus, it's called Riot Brewing, and there was a massive power outage in uh, Vancouver Island a couple summers, or sorry, a couple winters back, and uh, they had left a beer in the tank, and it sat there um, during the power outage and turned a little bit sour, and they taste it, and they're like, dang, like we like this, and so they put it out, they called it like, power outage sour or something like that because this was the beer that just sat in their tank and turned sour <laughs> and they just thought they'd put it out so i i liked it so maybe i'd do an overbrewed beer that's sweet um 
bring you back to like your hometown, your childhood. What kind of what kind of childhood were you growing up? Um, dude, I remember when I was uh, in kindergarten, my sweet sweet kindergarten teacher, Mrs. Turner, she commented to my mom and said, "Reese's head is always in the clouds," and that was like that's just true to who I was and kind of true to who I am today. Um, I, man, I would like just kind of wander about as a kid. I was um, kind of rosy cheeked. I had this blonde bold cut. Um, I don't know why my mom got me that haircut, but it was kind of cute. Um, and I I had a bit of a streak of mischief, but it wasn't too much to send anyone reeling or to give a parent too much grief, I hope. Um, but I was just a kid with my head in the clouds, loved stories. Even as a little kid, I remember reading like, little picture books on, uh, you know, dragons and castles and, uh, whatever else, you know, there was out there that was in my home. I just loved that. And so I love playing with Pokemon as well. I remember when I was a little kid, we'd have little action figures and, um, as much as the people in my church probably hated that. It was, uh, something that my brothers and I liked to do. I was, yeah, I, when I was a little kid, I was innocent. Um, I grew up to be a bit of a wretch, uh, throughout, uh, high school, my teenage years. Um, and uh well that's all good that just made me who i am today <laughs> so yeah so if you don't know reese he's quite into video games um he's a big he's, he's a gamer guy what is one Nerd. video game that kind of um gamerhead what, what what what's what's your favorite all-time video game my it's, favorite all-time video game if i was on my deathbed <laughs> and i was like given a console and a game what would it be um yeah, pretty much just to reframe that question so uh, so I'm sitting there on my deathbed and the nurse comes in and says, Reese, you're going to die in about a week. Um, we thought we'd give you a game console and a game. What do you want? We're going to EB games right now. I would say nurse. Um, can you please bring me a GameCube? Um, a GameCube. GameCube hey. And, um, the game that I would pick would be, um, man, probably, I think it would probably be Smash Bros. Melee. Um, okay. Not because it's the best game I've ever played, but because uh, I would think I would just have the most fun with that in a week. You know, it's a good week long game to play. Um, if if I had a month left to live, maybe I'd do like a, like some Skyrim or something like that. You know, PlayStation. But um, we're talking a week. Smash Bros. Melee. I'm getting every character, including Mr. Game and Watch, and that settles the deal. Then I can die in peace. Okay, what about this though? If you you're on your you're on your sort of deathbed, like you could be there for a while. Right. Not, not the hospice, but just <laughs> Yes, but you're yeah. not getting out of that bed. Things are going south. I'm not getting out of bed. Okay. Okay, but you once you beat the game, you die. Whoa. But you have the game. You have one game for the rest of your life, and once you beat it, you die. What game are you going to play and how long are you going to milk it out? Or are you just going to finish it and die? And yeah, I'm Dude, if you run. play FIFA, if you do manager mode, you'll never finish ever. Yeah, endless prospects. You know what I do? I would do um, I, I do PlayStation 2, Need for Speed, Most Wanted. Well, that's um, a good game. And that's I would, really um, I think it'd be a pretty epic finish. I mean, you there's like 10 people on the blacklist that you have to kind of like take on, race, you get the pink slip, you get their car, you keep building up, you get this final race against this really good street racer, and 
and it's just over. It's a great game. Uh, my roommate can attest. He just beat it like a couple months ago, and I was re-inspired to play it. So if I was on my kind of deathbed, um, I would say get me Need for Speed Most Wanted pronto because I'm going to play this. Follow-up question to that. Which universe would you rather live in, the Need for Speed universe or Fast and Furious? Man, I would love to live in the Fast and Furious universe, and here's why. I feel like is that f- is that a hard is that a hard answer? You were pretty no, straight on that. No, you know I was I'm pretty straight with that. I'd say Fast and Furious because Fast and Furious um, has taken a wacky turn, and so I'm someone who likes a lot of dynamic in my life, and um, all of a sudden Fast and Furious went from like innocence and like we're just kind of like humble street racers to like Dwayne the Rock Johnson's like you know, fighting Vin Diesel on the side of a jet and, like, they're dropping tanks off of, you know, astronaut planes or whatever. That doesn't make any sense. (laughs) Okay, okay. Um, Speaking of automobiles, you got $45,000 dream car right now. $45,000? Yeah. You can buy anything. Certainly for can't buy my any dream time. car. Yeah, I know. Um, like it's like your everyday driver. The market's crashing. Yeah. So no, and it's going like down in value. No, it's like yeah. an everyday driver. Because like yeah. you know what? Like, no Bugattis. No um, Bugattis. Uh, I would. Uh, you don't have to insure it, so you don't have to count that. Right. Okay. Yeah. But you have to count tax. tax I have to tax. count tax. Yeah, but it's used. Man, this is like a, this is a brain twister. Um, I would. Uh, I'm counting lots of dollars here. I would say. $45,000. I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to um, go to the uh, old used car place by my home in the island. I'm just going to pick up some old kind of like junky looking Camaro, um, drive it for uh, maybe a couple weeks, let it burn out, and then just have it for the story. Buy a Prius with the rest. Buy a Prius with the rest, yeah. Eco-friendly. We're all about that here at The Challenge. What was, like, the biggest thing you got away with? I I feel like this is really important. So, Mm. like, if there's something illegal, obviously we'll bleep it out. But, like, what was, like, you look back now and you're like, what the heck? There's no way I should have gotten away with that. Right, right. Hmm. I would say that, I mean, here's... Here's one, um, I'll do kind of one funny, one serious. I'd say that like, I, I mean, the only, one of the only crimes I'd say I'd ever committed, like low key crimes is one time I was on a, um, I was on a, a road trip with the rugby guys in my high school and I went into the gas station. We stopped to get gas on our little bus, went to the gas station. I, I wanted to buy a bag of bugles, you know, the little chips, um, and I uh, was like, okay, I'm going to buy these bugles. But then I, I remember kind of changing my mind midway through you know, when I was in the convenience store. And um, I was like, oh, I'm not going to buy the bugles anymore. Um, I ended up uh, walking out with the bugle still in my hand. I didn't, even, I didn't even remember. That shows how my head was in the clouds in that moment. I didn't even remember the bugles were still in my hand. So I got on the bus and I was like, oh my gosh, I still have the bugles. I just walked out with them. <laughs> I stole them. <laughs> How can I even live with myself? So um, I would say that's, that's. I mean, how could I have ever gotten away with that, right? Um, but I would say, man, I um, I was like a really uh, 
for a bit. I, I did a really good job at, um, at going to church um, as a teenager, but then flipping my lifestyle to be something completely different in high school. That was something I became pretty adept at. And um, I, I was like, man, I don't know how... I, I, I do actually think people saw through that. So I don't know if I got away with that, but I think that I had this false sense of, I can live this life of like doing this Monday to Friday, Monday to Saturday, whatever. And then Sunday, I'm going to go work with the... Uh, Sunday school, I'm going to put on this show of like, I'm this young, charismatic high schooler who's living for Jesus and then um, just live a completely different lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Um, Is there a piece of advice you'd give to somebody that's like stuck in that, like thinking they're getting away with like living two lives? Yeah. Um, I would, I mean, for me, I would say like really just examine your life and uh you will see how exhausting it is to live two lives um you you're constantly keeping up an image um in two different places it's already exhausting enough to keep up an image in one place um and you found yourself maybe in this in this kind of trap um in which you're really you're probably fearing people um you're fearing people's opinions i mean there's there's a proverb in the bible that says the fear of man lays a snare um, you're caught in a snare. You're caught in a bit of a trap um, in which you can't let people see the real you. And so um, I, would just, uh, I would just get to know yourself um, in a way that you can present the most honest you um, in any circumstance. I would say just get that down before even figuring out what it means to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. Like just really think about, okay, like how can I like, how can I actually just not live a lie for once? And then you can honestly come before Jesus and be like, Jesus, this is who I am, broken and everything, totally, um, totally warped, not, you know, not a good person. Um, Jesus, how can you use me? And so I would, I would say, like, for, for, for anyone who's struggling living this kind of, like, double lifestyle, um, don't get caught up in the lie that you need to be perfect to be a Christian. Um, bring your honest self. Bring your... your yourself that's partying, you know, throughout the week, um, to, to him, to Jesus, Jesus can handle it. And so, um, just get honest with yourself. Stop, stop lying and, um, and come before the Lord, um, as you. Good word. Yeah. That's a good answer. That's a good question. Good answer. Um, along the lines of kind of Christianity, discipleship, um, what's something that you're curious right now, uh, curious about right now? In, in this line. So what's something that, that you're curious about, about faith, about Jesus? Yeah. yeah. Mm. One of the things I've been grappling with theologically recently is um, the um, occurrence of, like in scriptures, in primarily the Old Testament, of God being persuaded by humans. Hmm. Um, totally. I, I think I'm, I look at, you know, different um, petitions in the Old Testament, um, whether it's in the Psalms, Jeremiah, Lamentations, wherever, um, of people really giving it, giving, giving it a shot in persuading God to, to move on their behalf. Um, I, uh, I was just reading Psalm 79, and there's this like desperate cry. You can see it in the language of like, God, we, we are alone. We're being attacked. Jerusalem's a wreck. Your, your holy land is being pillaged. 
um, will your anger ever stop? And they're kind of, and then they go on to say, uh, the, you know, the psalmist will go on to say, um, don't you care about your reputation? Don't you, don't you care that people are thinking less of you because the Holy Land's being tarnished? Um, and it's almost like it's, there's this attempt that humans uh, are making, even still today, to persuade God. And um, God, in his love for us, engages with that conver- in that conversation with us, which is so, which is just, it's incredibly profound. Um, God almost allows himself to kind of, you know, be, be in these conversations. You know, we have to be careful because we know that God can never be coerced. He can never be forced to do anything. But I think there's this beautiful conversation that we can have with as humans, with God, as petitioners, and um, kind of ask God to move on our behalf. And so that's sweet. I'm grappling with that a little bit recently. It's, yeah. I'm curious. Mm-hmm. That's really um, good. I, uh, yeah, it's a question I'm asking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like there's you know, like a relationship always has two sides and we usually focus on how God interacts with us, but we never really focus on um, how we interact with God. And God is a relational God. He's not a, he's not a, like he, he desires to have relationships with us. So that's really, that's a really awesome thing to be grappling with. Mm. What is the last book you finished and or the next book you want to read? Mm, last book I finished. Um, I don't know. I, I have so many books on the go, um, all the time. It's, it's actually such a mess. Um, I feel like I'll read a few chapters here of something, then a few chapters there. Um, you know, the last book, uh, this comes off, maybe there's a few for starters. The last book I, I finished was, uh, Jack London's the call of the wild. Um, it's, uh, it's an old, like early 20th century book written by a man who um, kind of holed up in the Yukon and witnessed the lifestyle up there. He wrote about a dog, um, a dog named Buck. And uh, this dog goes through this journey of really realizing in himself that there is this call um, deep within him to be wild, to be like, to, to live a life of dare. Um, and so I, I mean, I was kind of inspired by the book cause I was like, man, I wonder if that's like me, you know, am I like this dog that's got this deep call within me? That's like, you know, I gotta be running with the wolves. Um, that's what they say. Um, I, uh, but so, so this, th- that book was really cool because I feel like it had a lot of like, um, really, I mean, it's a bit far fetched, but some parallels to the call of Jesus. I mean, this call into the unknown, this call into the wild. Um, there's this kind of like adventurous embryo that sits within all of us. That's telling us, you know, go, you know, have an adventure, be out there. Um, you're not meant to just be a lap dog. You're meant to run with the wolves. And so that's kind of like, that's, sweet. that's kind of like the essence of the call of the wild. Have you seen the movie? No, I, you know what? I'm a, I'm in a little bit of despair. I, I, I looked at the trailer and it was like this, like, uh, insane, colorful CGI extravaganza. And I was like, you know what? I don't know if this is going to be completely accurate. Um, it might be, but it just kind of looks aesthetically a little bit weird, but I'll go see it because anytime one of your favorite novels is adapted into film, I mean, like, why not? Like, it's just kind of like put some image to your thoughts. 
Reese, this is kind of similar to other Reese's question before, but what is like, so you've been in university for four years. So over the last four years, what would you say is like, it doesn't have to be something that had to do with your actual schooling, but just something in general, what was like, what has been the coolest thing that you've learned Hmm. or the most exciting thing you've learned? That's a good question. Um, almost graduated, and I feel like sometimes I reflect on my degree. And uh, for those of you who know how expensive Trinity is, you might cringe, but I think that a lot of what I learned in university was learned outside the classroom. Um, and so sometimes I sit in the class and I'm like, man, this is, I hope I'm learning something. I hope I can apply some of this to, um, but I, uh, yeah. There, were, there have been a couple professors who um, I feel like I've been able to kind of sit under as humans, not necessarily as these like intellectual titans, but as just humans and be like, okay, like how, how, you're grappling with some of this stuff just like I am. Um, I mean, I think of, uh, I think of in, you know, Cal Townsend's whole teaching on, um, the sickness unto death uh, with Soren Kierkegaard. I mean, I think that was one of the most, that book just makes sense. It makes the world make sense to me. Um, and I, uh, for any of you who, who um, for those of you who haven't read The Sickness Unto Death by Soren Kierkegaard, I just suggest you go and, and give that a read. Um, I think that it'll um, really bring words to a lot of feelings that you might have about your past, your future, your present, and um, about what role Jesus plays in your life. Um, I, uh, I'm not a great student. Um, I really enjoy learning, but I, I actually really struggle to focus on like assignments and, and I can struggle with due dates sometimes. Um, and so I feel like in some of my communications class, which is my major, I can kind of get a little bit caught up in some of the more abstract thoughts around communication instead of like the cut and dry communication theories that exist out there. Um, some of my favorite communications class is probably public speaking, um, argumentation and debate. Um, I had a fantastic leadership communication class where um, we just examined a lot of like really influential people that have existed in the world and been like, okay, what makes this person a leader? Um, and in and, and what way, you know, how do they communicate um, their vision in a way that people might follow? Um, and so, you know, coming out of Trinity, I feel like I've learned a few things, but I I think one of the greatest things that any university can do for anyone is just make someone a lifelong learner. Um, I don't necessarily feel like I've, I've come out of university satisfied. I definitely feel like I've come out of university hungry, which I think might be the end goal of university is not to completely satisfy someone, but to give someone a taste of what learning actually means and then to set them on a journey of lifelong learning. Um, and for me, I find immense amount of joy in that, in just the, the idea that I'm, this just isn't going to stop. And I'd be quite disappointed if I came out of Trinity and said, mm, I'm actually a little bit turned off from learning now. So I'm excited to do more schooling, as terrible of a student as I am. Um, maybe going back, one question. Um, you said Call of the Wild was a, a cool book for you. Um, I love the characteristic that God is wild to us and that there are so many things that we'll never know about him. And so knowing Jesus is like really, truly an adventure. 
Um, what's your favorite characteristic about God? Favorite characteristic about God? Uh, it's such an interesting question to answer. I, um, I mean, it's really just the fact that there are so many things that, um, in the in the marketplace of gods that exist in this world, um, there's actually quite a few gods out there that hold similar char- characteristics to Yahweh. Um, power, they're just. Um, they've uh, they they command respect. They're sovereign. Um, they uh, have brought people maybe out of turmoil and into safety. Um, but really, what I think. Uh, my favorite characteristic about God is that he is love. And, um, you know, so many other gods might say, you know, in all of my might, you need to serve me. Um, but our God says, I've come to serve. And so there's this, there's this humility and this loveliness that, uh, that our God holds that just sets him apart. Um, he's a God of love. Um, and it's unconditional love. And so uh, I connect to that deeply because I think it just, it's scandalous. It doesn't make sense to me sometimes. Sometimes I'd be, it'd make a lot more sense for me to follow a God who's just a, a little bit of a tyrant who I know can just, he's calling the shots and boom, boom, boom. You know, it's like I can kind of fear him in this like really nasty way and um, might just put me in line. But God, God is love. Um, and that is, for me is my favorite characteristic of him. And I love how it's personified, um, played out in the character of Jesus Christ and how we just see that in some pretty magnificent ways. That's my favorite characteristic of God. That's awesome. Yeah. And I think that even goes back to what you were talking about earlier, about what's kind of piquing your interest, what you're studying about people that have persuaded God, or you think about like Abraham or Moses who have, I don't want to say convinced, but have kind of, pushed God in a certain direction because you can't love in isolation, right? There has to be almost a, a give and a take, uh, a me and a not me in order to, yeah, in order to classify it as love. Yeah. And I find that so interesting that those two things are kind of linked. It's, yeah. And maybe, maybe that's why I think I'm, I am really fascinated. If, I mean, even to, if I were to re, I'm, I'm, I'm always curious about God's love. Like, I'm like, wow, like, you know, I've seen this play out in so many ways. God's love is kind of, he's sometimes really um, coy with it. And he kind of hides it for us in places that we least expect. And all of a sudden we'll be doing life and we'll uncover this treasure in a jar of clay and be like, wow, God has loved me so well in this area of my life. And I did not even know. And so, uh, I mean, that I'm, I'm curious about it. I'm excited about it. It, it. it ruins my life and rebuilds it all together. And so it's crazy. Reese. <laughs> Whoa. John the Baptist, Paul, and Peter are running in the next presidential election. Who are you voting for? Dude. I'm and why? <laughs> Dude, 100% John the Baptist. Come on. Dude, the I'm, guy eats raw. Like I, he eats bugs. How can, can you imagine not? how interesting it'd be to have John the Baptist run a nation? What a what a legend! He's like the definition, the of the voice in the wilderness. I know, yeah. They're like getting some guy from like off the grid in the Appalachian Mountains, like running yeah. the United States of America. John the Baptist, dude, he is like the one of the funniest characters in the Bible to me. Um, 
dude, I'd totally vote for John the Baptist. I think he's like a, I think he's an audacious, um, crazy man who uh, is just like, I sometimes almost forget about how influential he was. I mean, Jesus was like, there's no greater man than John the Baptist. Like he literally said that and it's for a reason. So what about you, Manny? Who are you voting for? Yeah, dude, I don't know. I mean, I would probably, I'd probably vote Paul because he has, I feel like he has the most like structure, you know, Hmm. like Paul's going to set up a structure that John the Baptist can thrive in. But I don't know if John the Baptist has it in him to to set up that structure. He probably doesn't. You're right. <laughs> yeah, let's I know. get Paul in Not there. Not to say anything about yeah. John the Baptist, you know. Yeah, he's, he's listening. He'll get himself killed. Um, yeah, John, if you're listening, we're sorry. Yeah, <laughs> John, I love you, man. <laughs> Peter's left. Sorry about your. We love you too. Sorry Pete. about your head, too. Pete. You're a homie. Nice. All right. One one kind of question to kind of wrap this all up. Um, What's one piece of advice that you'd give to young men looking to devote their lives to Jesus in this day and age? I get really excited when I see um, the faith of some of the young guys um, today. And there's this real, there's this huge attitude of like, like I just want, I want to lead. I want to take hold of, this life, this, uh, wild, crazy life that God's given me. Um, and I get really excited about that. And so I, well, what I've seen sometimes is that there's a tendency for, um, the church to kind of squash that passion sometimes, um, because it is so, there's a recklessness to it. And sometimes we've been burned by seeing young charismatic men step into leadership um, when they're not quite mature yet. And there's some mistakes in that. Um, For sure. So, I mean, my, my challenge, my advice to young men is just don't, uh, do not be, do not let yourself be squashed. um, But realize that uh, you, you have to be uh, before you seek out any platform any opportunity, any influence, like really, really focus on your spiritual maturity. Um, Practice the spiritual disciplines. Um, Really embark on a journey in being emotionally intelligent um, before you seek to um, really step into a position of of big-time leadership. And so those kind of things can happen simultaneously, but don't let yourself be squashed either. Um, go for it. Um, follow Jesus. Like, like just follow him. Uh, that's, that is a, a really vague statement, but like feel free to drop what you have and listen to God and go. Um, that's a, that's a huge value. I think that we, um, need to instill. I mean, I, even as the challenge, I, I, I want us to be people who, um, are just on the go who no matter where we are, we're making, we're making an impact. And so um, don't be squashed. Uh, step into the call that the Lord has on your life. But, um, but also work towards spiritual maturity. Um, 
don't Paul Paul talks about uh, you know in in Hebrews um, or whoever wrote Hebrews talks about the fact that there's this vital transition that needs to happen between someone who drinks milk to someone who eats solid food and so um, go on that you know go on that journey of transitioning from just drinking milk to eating solid food um, go from immaturity to maturity um, and so make that a priority in your life that was awesome um, maybe one last thing we talked about books one book you'd recommend other than the one Bible. book that I would recommend man um, even on that topic I would I would uh, recommend the emotionally healthy leader by uh pete cicero cicero whatever his name is it's a mouthful of a book uh pete if you're out there maybe republish your book under a simpler name and uh <laughs> i uh name it reese fowler yeah pete s um i uh yeah i would i would recommend that book because i think that um there is a movement um in kind of the way we think about leadership from you just need to kind of beat your chest all the way up to a platform and don't look back to like um, to actually really engaging with uh, your emotions as a leader, uh, being vulnerable um, and being okay with appearing weak sometimes. And I think that uh, Pete does a really good job of outlining what that actually means to be a leader, but also be emotionally healthy. That's awesome. Well, um, we're 35 minutes in, so thank you guys all so much if you've made it this far. Um, thank you guys for tuning in to this really casual conversation. We'll be having more of these soon. I hope you were able to gain some, some knowledge from that, some insight about how uh, there are some other guys, you know, around your age trying their best to follow Jesus. Uh, we're, we're all in this, in, this, in this battle and we're all, we're all trying our hardest. So um, we're praying for you. We're thinking about you. Thank you so much for, for tuning in. and. We hope you have a great week. And if you guys want to hear from more from Christoph and Amanda, let us know.